Welcome back to Dan's Blading. We have a brilliant episode for you today. Um, this intro is super short and sweet. I'm currently in a hotel room in Liverpool. I'm about to do a panel talk for CP Company. I am quite bricking it. I'm joined by the um, lead designer of CP Company, Paul Harvey. Joined by Daniel from Business of Fashion. Joined by Ollie from Too Hot. And now our good friend, Dan Pacitti. But enough about me. It's nervous rambling. This week's episode is with, she's a great friend of ours. She's the arts editor of Dazed Magazine. It is Ashley Kane. Ashley's fantastic. The chat was great from what I can remember. We ended up having a few drinks. It's quite a fun one, but super informative. It's brilliant. We love Ash. So without further ado, let's get straight into it. Ashley. Hi. Danny. Hello. How do you two know each other? First of all, how do you two know each other? Oh. Our paths crossed, but never really crossed. And we're like, we how do know each other. How long ago was this? A long Why time ago. <laughs> well, it was a long time ago. We, you know, we, we've, been on, we've been on holiday since then. So Jordan buys me birthday cake every year. So the first time I met Jordan... No, I'd met Jordan like three weeks before or something. Invited him to my 30th birthday and giving my age away. And he turned up with the birthday cake. Like no one else brought Lola's birthday cake. cakes. Lola's cupcakes. None of my friends of like 14 years brought any cake. And Jordan, I'd known him for three weeks. And so I was like, okay. I think you know how to like work people. Like I think that was like... <laughs> okay, this podcast isn't about me. It's okay, just, let's, let's, It's let's... just hit me that I think you know how to like... Or maybe I'm just a nice in... person, Ashley. How to Jim. buy friends. Yeah. <laughs> okay, guys. Forget about me. This podcast isn't about me. Yeah. It's about Danny, really. It is about Danny. But it's also about you, Ash. Oh. Okay. It's so how do you two me. know each other? I don't remember when we first met, but essentially I moved to London from doing PAQ. Or it might have even been before, but... No, I think it's when I moved to Hackney. First time around. 2018, 2019, 2018, I'm pretty sure mm. it would have been. Lots of detail here. Perfect. You're welcome. Four years um, ago. Yeah, and then... So I moved to Hackney and you were friends with Ash and, like you're saying, like Jenna and that lot. And we used to go to the pub in East. So it was always like nice winter nights. We used to go to the Royal Oak. Yeah. Don't think anyone really does anymore. R-I-P. But You guys decided to make a pact. We did make a pact. <laughs> I don't know how the pact came about. It was you. Yes, <laughs> you think... forced, forced it upon Ashley. <laughs> yeah, you're not wrong. It probably will have been. I remember standing outside and I can't remember what we were talking about. We talking about music. I don't know if I said some that I liked some music that you liked and then you asked me to marry you. <laughs> <laughs> and that is the pact that they made. So now we have a pact where I always thought it was at if I was 13 single, but you've now said it's when you're 14 single. Yeah. But when you're 40, yeah, yeah. it's going to be when you're 15 single. Exactly. No, I, yeah, it's, I've got, I'm not going to say how many years left. <laughs> that will stay between us. But when I'm 40, because I thought that's when you would be 30, but we're like a year off. So you just have yeah. to wait like an extra 365, maybe 360, 50, 65, 64 days. <laughs> don't get your <laughs> if hopes it's up. A, if it's a leap year. Sorry, have you seen him? He's a hunk. <laughs> yeah, don't get your hopes up, Ash, unfortunately. I know. No, Start okay. looking for those cats now, Ashley. Okay, yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. I'm counting down the days. Okay, look, but before you were betrothed, to Danny Lomas. Yeah. You know, you did have a life before that. I did. And, I did. you know, for those that have a discerning year, they'll notice that you don't have the same sort of English twang that Danny and I have. So you're Australian. Oh, you, you, but you moved over from Australia. Yeah. And was that for work or life? Why did you come here? And how did you end up in the prestigious place of being the arts editor of Days magazine? Oh, wow. Yeah. So I came to... London in 2009. Bloody hell. How old were you then? Uh, 12. No, wait, hold on. 12, yeah. <laughs> were you? Okay. He's little face then, so happy. Yeah. <laughs> okay, so I was almost 21, so everyone can do the maths at home. And I was just really bored in uh, Melbourne. I always felt like, I love Melbourne, but I always felt like it was 
I just didn't feel like I fit in there. I was always online, like I grew up on the internet. I was always looking overseas at like the US, the UK for fashion, for music. And I just felt like no one was interested in what I was interested in. I mean, I'm what from- What were you sm- doing? Well, I was, I was wanting to do journalism. I really wanted to be a fashion journalist, to be honest. I think everyone knows me now as, well, not everyone, but people know me for art. <laughs> <laughs> I used to just befriend people on the internet like make outfit photos yeah. <laughs> and then I just felt like okay there's such a much bigger world out there than what is in my little town like I'm from a small kind of area in southeast Melbourne so it's not the city it's like the suburbs so and for someone who is not in the industry how would you describe your job now okay so I'm freelance now I'm a so co- that's unemployed for anyone not in the industry <laughs> yeah Self-employed. I have my own company. It's just me. But, <laughs> do you know, it, I like when I get the mail because it says director of, yeah. you know, my company. Do you have to do yearly reviews of yourself? You're like, yeah, Ashley, you're not performing this year. Yeah, yeah, I have to do that. So I'm a creative consultant. I'm a writer and editor. I'm the arts and photography editor at large at Dazed and Confused. And I'm also a curator slash art buyer at Thursday Child. So do a bit. So uh, someone in the industry. So what do you do? Like, what would be like your day-to-day so life? I think, yeah, you you work with a lot of brands as well. Yeah. You do a lot of commercial work. I do do a lot of commercial work. So, so yeah, what my, brands? What kind of brands are we talking about here? Brands can be. So my commercial work is mostly people will need to have a photographer or director to shoot a campaign, or even digital artists, and I'll they'll give me the brief through Thursday's Child mostly, and then I'll come back with a bunch of selections and be like, here's ten directors in Mexico. Here's five female directors in Chile or something. So that's how I work with brands. So I kind of recommend who should be shooting their campaigns. And it's always emerging, so unsigned people. So you are a professional putter on Yeah, I actually, I like connecting. That's like the thing that makes me the most happy. It's like connecting. Is this through experience or is this through seeing people's work online mainly? Yeah, so it's mainly, it comes through the past, like, because when I, when I was at Days and I still am in a capacity, but I was kind of like the go-to to send photography stories, to send short films. People always got in touch with their work. So I, th- I think I still am because I still pass them through to the team. Even when I wasn't with Days, I'd send things over. Or even I would send stuff to like The Face and ID, just the people I knew there. I'd be like, hey, this is cool. You should check this director or photographer out. So it all comes from like, yeah, just having people approach me, me doing a lot of research online, wormholes, it's actually, I love it. It's yeah, I think like, you know, we work, we've worked together a few times in an unofficial capacity mm-hmm. where we've helped each other out with like, I, I needed a, a director or a photographer in a certain country. And, you know, you're super, super well connected. Like when we went to LA, you know, I ended up in like the best parties in <laughs> LA just by being friends with Ashley. But I want to take back a bit further because actually I think, you know, a lot of people listen to this podcast are a bit younger and they're mm. starting off their journeys and, you know, you used to work in like restaurants and bars and then you got an internship yeah. at Dazed. Yeah. Why Dazed? Was that something that you'd always aimed for or like, was it just happened to happen? That happened to happen. Do you know what? I think I've said it before, but I had never even read Dazed before I applied for internship. I just like, as far as I can see, I was on the newsletter. They used to send a playlist out like on Fridays. And so, I think when I first lived in London, my my music choice and still is like I was listening to I wasn't like the cool person that was like up to date on what was music I won't name any of my Go on. bands yet oh I loved like the Libertines Jordan just threw me an Indie Sleeves party so oh of course yeah Libertines the Arctic Monkeys Danny didn't come I couldn't get the cupcakes in time so I couldn't show my face but I loved you know all that stuff and then 
even like I grew up listening to hip hop and R&B and stuff, but what was going on in like East London was not that at that time. So I signed up to a newsletter at Days and I could kind of like throw some names out if uh, people asked at parties. (laughs) (laughs) But I hadn't read Days. I was looking for an internship because I was lucky enough to, I was 25 at this point, so I was probably older than you are now. I am 25. (laughs) Okay, so yeah, I was 25, I was just getting started. Fucking hell, I feel like I'm coming to the end. Yeah, yeah, I know. No, I think that's good though, because like you know, I I switched careers at twenty five as well, and I think it's like it's it's nice to know that like you can do that. You don't have to have made it by twenty one. Absolutely not. At twenty one, I was like. I, I probably didn't even know what a lot of the things I don't you know I'm still learning about the industry now I didn't know what an art director was I didn't know what creative director was um, no one does <laughs> no no one still does like I, it's, it's so interesting because yeah where I come from you aren't really taught on the creative side of life it's not kind of like an option you're either it's going, not a real job as it's you not say. a real job yeah it's not in like your career books or whatever like maybe a photographer you might be a photographer as like a taking photos of family at the shopping I don't know yeah, yeah, like yeah. It just... family at the shopping centre <laughs> like in, like in rural, in you rural know. Australia like, yeah you know, you're going to like wedding photographer so wedding that's photographer, not in my, yeah. my mind when there as well but like why is why is dazed like now you've worked there mm. why is it so important to like underground culture do you know what I really still I'm still amazed when I go on the website or look at the magazine I'm like wow like, you know I have worked there for almost god almost 10 years but I am still like so impressed because they are constantly searching out like corners of the world finding people like they do make it there you know it was always my number one priority to kind of keep looking further afield of what my comfort zone was or you know outside of the periphery of like who was you know just in every other magazine or something so I think they across the board like music fashion everything they've always done that it's quite organic rather than just being what's hot at the moment let's write about it it's more going on his passion project yeah exactly like they've always wanted to give like you know it still does write you know we still report on like big stars and stuff but it's always wanted to give like it's always looked yeah to the underground and the most important question is, when you're interning, <laughs> yeah. what were you wearing on that first day? Oh my God, what did I wear? Were well, you shook? I like, this is the thing. So I get to days and I like, it was a whole new world. I, had, I didn't even know, like, I'd never seen people dress in all designer or something. You know, I came from restaurants and, you know, I was in Shoreditch. So it's not like people were like to the nines in designer. <laughs> so I was kind of, I would see people wearing stuff and I didn't really understand until, you know, months go by and I'm like, oh, that jacket's worth like a thousand pounds. But it was all, you know, everyone was like, maybe, I don't know. <laughs> it was all being gifted to them or like, you know, it's not all gifted, but di- press discount and stuff. So there was me for years going, how the hell does everyone afford this? I was in Topshop and ASOS and stuff. <laughs> Still am most of the time. <laughs> Did you ever get your... Uh press discount do you know what where's the best place you got discount at where's the best place oh you know what? i should have taken prada discount recently but i didn't take it how come i did a job well i was just like i know but that's the thing jordan singlin say why the fuck did you give it to me i think a few years ago i would have jumped at it but now i'm like i need to be you know responsible yeah, you can message us yeah that's we'll, true we'll, we'll, we'll use it it was kind of fleeting i did like a job for them a couple of months ago i should have done it i was in the store as well so like we were in the store and they were like get a discount if you want and I was like no I mean even after like 30% off it's still like 700 800 quid in it so yeah yeah that's what I mean no and also you know, I love I when... did just spend 90 quid on this candle fee by the way <laughs> <laughs> okay so for everyone at home the candle is what's the brand it's called Cinder Rose so Ash you're, you're there and you're interning how long were you interning for and do you think that interning is an important part of the process of 
working in the creative industries or do you think it's a bit archaic? No, I mean, it is, yeah, in in both ways because it is archaic because not a lot of people can do it. Like I was 25 when I did it and I was only could do it because I was living at my ex-boyfriend's house, his parents' house, and they let us stay there for like 200 pounds a month. So I couldn't have done it otherwise. Oh my God. Yeah, well, you know, otherwise you're paying like 600 pounds for a room and was working full time to cover those costs. So it is like, but it, yeah, I interned. You know who got me my internship? Go on. Harry, Harry Pierce. Pierce. <laughs> no way. Yeah. Look at Brown's face. Whenever I'm with Harry, I'll be like, oh my God, like this is the man who gave me my foot in the door. Wait, how? What, what's Harry's background? He used to work at Days. Harry was at Days. No way. Yeah. No. But he was like, I've read up like on all this stuff of days, the night of my internship, I was like, I like Arca, I like Bjork. Like I was writing down, <laughs> trying to remember all these dazed things that That's I could so say. so funny that still works for today. For yeah, to go to days. exactly. If I need to get an internship. And then I went in, I was applying for an intern ship on reception so it's like I mean it wasn't hugely yeah with the intent of working heavy. way off. with the intent of like getting through the side door because I was a receptionist so I was thinking well I can you know get in that way instead of apply well I did apply for editorial but there's so many people that would apply for that yeah. but Harry was like Harry was more interested that I could get us like a discount at Hawksmoor, which is where I was working. <laughs> I didn't have to list off any names, but yeah, he was a legend. You're saying you were fashion first. Mm. So what was your end goal ideally? To be a fashion writer. I wanted to do styling as well. Yeah. Like one of my first jobs was working in a surf shop and I always used to want to do like the VM, visual Sick. merchandising. Like that was back when I was like 18. That was like my pinnacle of like a dream to be a visual merchandiser at like a surf and shop. And do you surf or do you just enjoy the culture? I have surfed a few times, but yeah, I just, I would say I surfed when I was younger. Beer it's next summer, yeah? Yeah, I'll come. Yeah, I'm down. Yeah, have you surfed? Go on, Jods. Big me up. Have you surfed? Has he? I went surfing and my first time ever I stood up within 10 minutes. Okay. Can you confirm or deny? I don't know if 10 minutes is like record breaking. It's good, it's good. It's was it good. a shortboard or a mini-mail? Uh, no, it was on a, like a foamy. Yeah, mini-mail. I don't know. It's all right. That's good. He did, he did well. Like 10 minutes on the sand and then in the water? Or no, 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 Straight into the water. Okay. So you're, you're on reception, you grind in, you get yourself a foot in the door. Yeah. At what point did you meet the big boss? Jefferson Hack. Jefferson Who Hack. is Jefferson Hack? Jefferson Hack is the co-founder of Dazed. Why is it such a big deal? Why is Jefferson a big deal? Well, he found they founded Days in what nineteen? Oh, I can't remember the year. But it's about thirty years old now. Bloody hell! Yeah, and they just made it was like a pullout kind of like a newsletter. I think they used to hand it out outside clubs. The issue one. Sick. And they said they sold it. What was that um, amazing newspaper uh, magazine shop in Soho that closed down? Uh, yeah, another one. Huh? Yeah, they used to. They asked. They begged. Can they put it in there? And they put it in little turnstiles and like waited across the road for like the first person to come buy a copy. It just started out so humbly. Like it started out as students. And, and I that's, think that's Jefferson like, and Rankin. That was with Rankin. Yeah, photographer Rankin. Yes. Yeah. That's that's no how they just Yeah. It started in what is now LCC. Yeah. In Infant Castles, LCP, uh, London College of Printing. Yeah. Yeah. So it was like a student thing, and it was really just about, and it still is in the in, in the essence of it. It's kind of about what is what people are going out and seeing. Like you're going to a nightclub, you're meeting those people who's DJing. Like yeah, it's all. It's really kind of still feels like a more global community sense now. But, That's yeah. so right. I never knew it was ranking. I'm really showing as if I've got fucking nothing now. Is it like no? You know, we're, we're all, we've been in this for a long time. But look, that's not what he's most famous for, is he? Though what ranking? No. Oh, because Rankin shot me, and I think that's what's most hmm. famous for. No, Jefferson. That's not what he's most famous for. I uh, don't know what you're talking about. 
He's got a child with Kate Moss. He does have a child with Kate Moss. <laughs> it was, yeah, I remember like when I was working on reception, I, again, knew nothing. Like I was reading about fashion designers and stuff, had this Alexander McQueen book and I was reading it and it was just sat next to me on the reception and Jefferson came up and he was like, oh, he was a friend of mine. And then I did that weird thing where I was like, oh, me too or something. <laughs> <laughs> and then I was, do you know when you're so awkward? And I was like, God. And then he kind of just picked it up and was like flicking through it and was... Kind of moved, moved away a little bit and I was like is he coming back but <laughs> yeah I mean yeah now now Jefferson I've known him for like I've been working there for almost a decade but I was so scared at the start I was like you know you just didn't want to say anything to like say anything wrong and he's really old school he'll be like he just has a really good way of thinking about getting stories and journalism and stuff that I think most of us coming in and working for digital sites and stuff forget so he kind of comes in and he'll like I, I think he's great he's always got so many ideas and he's always on the pulse still he's not like retired you know ash obviously yeah. we do our research before we come on the podcast with a guest i've seen your linkedin oh god i've seen your website oh and i've seen all your articles and dazed all of them he read everyone today. read them all jesus christ <laughs> But what would be, like, everything's so varied. You've done such a, a vast array of things. Like, what would be your favourite project you've ever worked on? Maybe do yeah. most fun and one you're most, most proud fun. of. Oh, my God. They're probably, it's probably the same one, to be honest. Sick. Yeah, it was with, it's called Days Labs. And it was when I, with Eddie Ocher, who's an amazing music photographer, we went down to a youth club in West London. And Eddie used to, like, bring all his cameras. Like, and, you know, we taught them photography essentially like in this youth club on a Tuesday night and he would build like a dark room in the kitchen and we would like, develop yeah it was honestly so good and it was more just because well I was really wanting to do like education in some way and yeah. I got given the opportunity to kind of replicate something that was working in the US with somebody that I'd met I think we ended up getting like I just I can't remember if I asked Converse for 10 grand or something but that was maybe the second season but anyway we yeah we just got a bunch of kids together at like a youth club who was interested in telling photography We'd teach them, they'd go out and shoot, we'd come back and develop it. And it Would you guys give them cameras then? Because obviously like, it's something that doesn't not a lot of people have. Yeah, the first know. day we got there, it was interesting because like, my thing, you know, I do respect everyone that's gone to like LCF and CSM. These are obviously amazing schools, but it wasn't a school that I could go to. I really wanted to go to those schools when I got to London, but I couldn't afford it. You know, fees are insane. So I was always thinking like, okay, what about the kids outside of those schools, outside of the regular places? We went down to the youth club. It was like, I took a bunch of magazines and they had no idea what Dazed was. I was like, I'm from Dazed and Confused. And they were like, uh, like it was amazing. <laughs> and they, they were Dazed and Confused. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. And so they opened the magazine then they're like this is a bit weird isn't it but Eddie chucked <laughs> his photos down and he shot everyone from like Aaliyah Wu-Tang Clan like Nas Biggie it's just like a legend just like the most humble guy and he's from Croydon they were like oh my god is that X Y and Z you know is that Aaliyah and then he gave them all camera he just went take them home I'll see you next week and I was like I remember saying to him at the end of class like Eddie are you gonna get the cameras back and he was like well, that's the thing. You give people responsibility and, you know, give them trust and they'll come back. And they did all come back. So that wasn't that long ago. I remember, we were talking about a couple of years ago, yeah. a few years ago now, before yeah. pre-pandemic, because I remember that. But like, I suppose you you started, you know, you cut your teeth, like writing articles mm. about art. And then fashion, I, started fashion. Oh, you started fashion. Yeah, I was under Isabella Burley. Okay. Yeah. She was like, I was. And what's Isabella now? Isabella is at Acne now yeah. and she's got her bookstore as well. Yeah. Um, Climax. Climax, which is amazing. She was always like, oh, she had like, 
because the thing is coming from where I came from my parents didn't have like I wasn't sat down watching David Lynch and like <laughs> yeah. as some people who I know it seems that that was yeah. their upbringing and like I didn't even know what Larry Clark was or anything like you know Larry Clark Kids which feels like a very dazed isn't he the one who was Supreme know. discovered uh, <laughs> yeah that's no. a guy that's a guy <laughs> but she always had like all the references she would be like this fashion show is like references from X, Y, and Z, like all these films and all these albums. And I was just, she was just an encyclopedia of fashion knowledge and like cult music art. So interning under her was absolutely incredible. I was on reception for like a couple of weeks and then I emailed her. I would email her all the time. Like, can I write something for you? I'd email everyone. I used to go home and do everyone's transcripts. Do you ever read your old stuff you wrote? You're like, oh my God, I'm awful. Yeah, do you know what? No, I read, yeah, some things, some things are. (laughs) Sometimes I go back and I'm like, okay, that was kind of good. Like I. I have like such imposter syndrome. So every time I write something, I'm like, oh, this is terrible. At what point did that disappear? It's still there. It's still absolutely. Don't you have, you have, there's a man. Oh, must so, be. Yeah. No, no, I, I, I had an imposter syndrome for a long time. And I remember, I remember like as a creative director, an, an actual creative director, yeah. not just a <laughs> link, like in bio creative director, um, being there and always being really worried about it and like thinking I'm not good enough. And then one day I was in a meeting with a massive fashion brand. Mm. And um, we were in Paris, mm. meeting them, and we were talking. And I remember like looking around the table, what everyone was saying, and I was like, oh, no one has a fucking clue oh, what they're right. doing here. And I was yeah. like, oh, we're all making it up. Yep. Brilliant. We're all good then. And yeah. from, honestly, from that moment, I realised, oh, if I just say stuff, part of my job is like come up with ideas. And if you can't back your own idea, then it's not a good idea, basically. Yeah, no one's going to buy into it. If you don't sell it to yourself, you're not going to be able to sell it to anyone else. And after that, I was just like, oh, I'm just going to fully back myself and just do it. And then from then, so my career went for a reason. Different. Exactly. Yeah. You are there. That's what I always try and remind myself. Like I'm here for a reason. I've earned my stripes or whatever. But uh, yeah, the imposter thing. Do you feel imposter syndrome, Danny? The, the thing about being like, I suppose, an influencer is that like, he's got a real metric of is he an imposter or not in regards to like likes and followers. Yeah. Well, it's, that's stressful. Yeah, I've always had imposter syndrome because what it is, is people blow smoke up your ass. So it's like, it's not like mm. I never asked for it, but I got approached via DM for, to do PAQ. Yeah. I was a kid who was into fashion. I knew what I liked. I could have walked around peacocking. Fuck off, I am wearing a t-shirt that says head of fashion. <laughs> a nice Sanaya t-shirt that says head of fashion. I did see that before. But yeah, it's like, I worked at a skate park before and then I was into fashion. I liked what I liked and I could easily back myself around the people that I was around at the time. As soon as you get thrown to London and put on a fashion show, when you get put in front of a lot of people and then people start putting you forward for stuff, you're like, shit, man, I've got no formal training in this. Mm. I don't really have the background knowledge. I haven't grown up with it or whatever. I just know about stuff that I like. And then brands seem to want to use you as a case study or something like that. And you're like, fuck, man, like, Mm. where do I go? And it just never seems to, like, really leave. Until, like you're saying, I think I hit a point maybe post-pandemic where I was like, you know what? Maybe I am meant to be here. Like, maybe my opinion is valued. And it's like, it's not about knowing everything. It's about like, yeah, just picking and choosing what you do know. So it's like, there's no shame in saying, I don't know what that is. And we've said this on the podcast a few times. You'd rather hire someone who doesn't know everything but is eager to learn Mm -hmm. than someone who pretends to know everything and doesn't. Oh, definitely. Yeah, because when I I got my internship, I was 25 and I was so aware that I didn't know things, but I was kind of, I think I've always been comfortable in that. Like you don't have qualifications and I don't either. Like I don't have a uni degree. I mean, I did go to uh, college for fashion. Did you? Okay, so you are more qualified. But that's very traditional. Like that was so machine and case studies. Like it wasn't quite contemporary keeping up to date. I think it's very hard to qualify for anything that's like in our realm today. Yeah, I think think experience adds so much to it. And like, I think that's the thing. So, you know, you're there at days and you're there for a long time. 
And I think you were like, you and Emma Allwood were like the two people that were like, they are dazed. Mm. That's what I'd always thought of. And, you know, you must have had like the maddest experiences there because Days was always like the pinnacle of fashion and art for yeah. our generation. And music, yeah. I suppose like, what's the maddest shit that you've seen going on? Oh. I was, probably was with you at the 25th birthday where they got, some, oh, yeah. they flew Sven from oh, yeah, Bergheim to be on the door. No yeah. way. Pamela Anderson. Pamela Anderson. You had no VIP you have to speak area. To Thomas Gorton about you know about that well there's a few people i could <laughs> we could talk about that what happened that night this night it was like they had like tremaine and yeah. a-side dj no and they had jamie xx yeah. they had like every big dj jamie xx dj the prouder party he's fucking sick didn't he yeah he's been a, he's been about you know yeah so dazed is this thing big parties big celebs yeah debauchery what's the maddest shit you've seen i reckon the the maddest shit i've seen is literally from the staff like i'm not even oh yeah that's what i mean yeah i don't know if i'm like nathan can... barley-esque you don't yeah. just name names we'll take we'll take no. the redacted version and I'll, I'll add names in but didn't somebody leave a shit on the dance floor? <laughs> at, at leave a shit as if they were meant to take it. Yeah, I think at day... Bring up bouncers tomorrow morning and be like, excuse me, did I leave a shit on the floor? I think it was in a box. What? In Where? a doggy bag? <laughs> Where? At like Sorry, I couldn't finish it. But <laughs> shut up, I want to hear this. What? Day's 25th, I'm pretty sure. No. Yes, I'm pretty sure. And then there was like a video of someone, I can't remember who it was, but they're like, so they, because the day's 25, I think it was, it's all in 180. And by that point, we'd moved into 180, the Strand from wait, Old Street. Wait, is this five years ago then? No. Yeah, it's probably six years now. No. When was but 180 hasn't been five years, I don't think. It has, mate. We were there oh. when they were like yeah. drilling every day. Like it wasn't even, yeah. we were the first people in there, I think. Yeah, so the offices are above, like, the party. And then there was all these videos. Somehow people had made their way up to the office, which is, you know, totally secure. And Mark, <laughs> you know Mark from Days, they'd seen videos of someone, like, dancing, like, rubbing their, like, naked body <laughs> on Mark's desk. <laughs> <laughs> and, like, they were wearing this, like, gorgeous ashish gown or something. And then they were like... Oh, I finish at the ass. <laughs> Yeah, I'm pretty sure. I can't remember what they were doing with their bum, but <laughs> rubbing it on Mark's deck. And Mark had to watch CCTV. <laughs> so someone put it on Instagram and like Mark was like, is that my desk? <laughs> <laughs> so it's always like the parties or the staff. Like I can't really say. Wait, so where did the shit come from? If you said shit was on the desk yeah. that's, that's another person. <laughs> so the shit was like downstairs and it was like when they were cleaning up the next day or something, they like found this box because I think there was some sort of like Bergheine, you know, Sven was there on the door, but I think there was some sort of the like- The back room was like all red and red. Room. There was like, yeah. Yeah, and I think maybe that's where they found it because at Bergheine, I'm pretty sure people do take, it's like scat play. So, okay, <laughs> fine. Let's go for some uh, some clickbait here, yeah? Oh God. Who's the most famous person you've interviewed? The most famous person, I mean, I've interviewed a few, like Kendrick Lamar. That How was, was he? Fun. He was so- Nice, and he stares you in the eye. Stares. Like he doesn't break eye contact. It's like so it's um, quite intimidating. It's not like no, uh, he's but he's like it's an endearing. Yeah, he. It's like he's really listening to you. That was in a. That was like kind of. I was with Megan then. We were in Manchester. He was performing. Can't remember what album it was, but they were like, "Do you want to go to?" Manchester and interview Kendrick Lamar and I was like absolutely and I was like I really want to get a photo with him but he's not going to like be like yeah take one on your phone so I took Polaroid so I took Polaroids and he signed them so oh they said he won't take it on a phone well I was like oh, you know you don't want to be lame I think we were yeah. me and Megan were like strategizing saying yeah because we were like well if you take a Polaroid 
it's more memorable. It feels, it's... yeah, rather than like chuck it on Instagram. Like obviously yeah. we took a photo of it and put it straight on Instagram. <laughs> but but so yeah. Kendrick. Kendrick, Marina Abramovich. I had Marina Abramovich in bed. What? That's fun. Yeah. Well, I FaceTimed her and she was in bed. Is there anyone that you're proud of? Like, who's your favourite celebrity that some people might not know of? Who are my favourite? Well, it's more like the people, well, they're probably celebrities now, but it's people, like, who were early days, like Campbell Addy, you know, I think I was the first. Don't quite you know. Know. So Campbell Addy started, I think, called Knee Journal. Knee Journal. All right. He was in my first exhibition I curated, like, and he he's now massive. He's, like, one of the biggest photographers. It's more people like that. It's always exciting work when you work with people and then you... You're able to feel like that you've aided their career in some way because you've seen something special. Like when Ash gets a really good job after coming on dance planning. Yeah, basically. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Exactly. And then I suppose, <laughs> like, you know, from an art perspective as well, like what are the big names there? So you said Abramovich. Abramovich. I've interviewed Arthur Jaffa. Uh, have I done AJ? No, I don't think I've done it. That's the thing. You start forgetting who, because yeah. it's been like eight years. Virgil. I did, uh, yeah, I did speak to Virgil. I had, I was in Miami and for Basel. I think I was there on like some with some other client. And then Nike were like, "Hey, my friend Terence, who used to work at Nike, he was like, can you come and host this panel with Virgil Abloh?" And Virgil was he? I guess he was doing off white, but he was yeah, he was doing off white, but he wasn't at Vuitton or anything. It was probably yeah, it was probably in the ten at the time. It was probably two thousand. Yeah, yeah, it was probably two thousand and sixteen, two thousand seventeen. And yeah, he, he was like, "Can you come and host a panel on football jerseys?" And I was like, Sick. "Yeah, with Grace Ladoja, Virgil, Sick. and this." young footballer in Miami called uh, I think his name was Jonathan and so I did yeah I did meet Virgil then uh, but that was the only time I'd interviewed him Cause I'd done I've interviewed Cause who, nice. who yeah very like of maybe of everyone listening's ilk <laughs> when I met him at the Serpentine I think and I was like oh I'm gonna interview you can I you know I'll give you a call tomorrow or whatever and he was like here's my personal phone number so I was like he just was really open and trust like I was like you're one of the biggest artists in the world I love Cause purely because he showed at the Yorkshire Sculpture Park. Oh yeah, yeah, he had that massive one. Yeah. What's yeah. your What's your viewpoint on um, some of these massive artists? As a journalist who covers art, can you go like take your emotion out of what you feel about their art? So say I was gonna say like Jeff Koons, of course, who come mm. into a lot of like they're quite polarizing and people mm. like them. Can you even if you don't like their art, can you go in with a sort of neutral thing for that? Yeah, you have to have to really if they're doing anything that's offend like you know deeply offensive transphobic homophobic you know misogynistic anything like this racist then i'm not cancelled i'm absolutely not going near them do you know because i'm not i'm not out there writing but but what about just like artistic merit if you like just say like cause for example a lot of people think it's not art yeah streetwear so how do you like so he's not someone that if i walked in someone's house like he's a really nice guy if i walked someone's house and they had a cause sculpture i'm probably leaving (laughs) (laughs) Thank fuck you can't see mine yet. Yeah, I'm yeah. I'm probably leaving. Like, you know, I don't it's What's not the, okay, my work. What is the biggest art red flag? It's probably a cause, yeah. Or a bear brick. Or like anything like supreme like on the wall. You know, like if they have like a supreme dollar thing. You can't say that. Our poor friend uh, called Magnus Ronning has a supreme <laughs> frame supreme posters on his wall. Sorry, Magnus. Well, you know, I have a lot of friends that work at Supreme, but no, I, I know. I'm just saying I'm, this because again, Magnus yeah. brought up to me the fact that he's heard from from fans that he gets slated on this yeah. podcast the whole time but he doesn't listen to it. <laughs> he's like, I'm gonna listen to him write down everything. Yeah, he has to listen to this one. Okay, it's so like skate decks yeah. on the wall. I mean skate I mean you know, love love oh, a skater. We know actually. Um, I used to work in a skate shop. I had a half pipe in my backyard. I used to make skate films. Can you do a kickflip? 
Um, probably K-flip. when I was like 16. A K flip. A K flip. Anyway, so it's, but I'm at an age now where I don't want to walk into someone's bedroom 46. and see them. <laughs> you sound like TJ. <laughs> <laughs> I don't want to work in someone's bedroom and see them have like a supreme money gun or like a cause sculpture, even though that would signal that they had a, quite a bit of money if they had an actual <laughs> cause sculpture. Things like that. I don't want to see bank, do not want to see Banksy. Like I appreciate what Banksy is doing. Like I can appreciate the message and I can appreciate his legacy, but. You like seeing it out and about, the real ones. I don't want to see it out and about. I just <laughs> like, I just like want to hear that he's, you know, protesting against things. I'm like, good for you. That's nice of you. But. I don't want to see it. So what's like the biggest flex from like a potential What's your date? green flag? That's it. Like, <laughs> a green so, flag. No, but I want to know like a real one where someone's been like, you've walked into someone, you're like, is that a blah, blah, blah? Yeah. Or you're like, they're like, oh, I really like this photographer, this painter, da, da, da. and you're like, I think if they just, I love you. If they didn't tell me, like if I just saw it, like, you know. Has that happened? No. Oh. I mean, and, and what would that be? My dating history is not that years. strong. Yeah. I've still got a few okay. years to save up for it. Yeah, I need to give you some tips. Do you know what? It's so interesting. It's weird because if I walked into a guy's flat and they had like all women artists, I would find that weird. Like I'd be like, this is like that. I'm a feminist. I've got loads of George O'Keefe paintings. Yeah, yeah. Like. You know. <laughs> In the same way as if you walked in and there was just, you know, you need a balance. I think... Barbara Kruger. <laughs> Do you know what? I, I love Barb's. You're into Supreme. But not Supreme. But, but no, you want to... They ripped her off, you know. Exactly. She went after them. Like, good art. Like, I can't really explain it. Read my articles on days. And... I know what's, I know what does it for you. What? You walk in... And they've got like some dash snow on there. Okay. <laughs> I do like dash snow, but you know. I... So, so Danny, just to give you the context of that. Yeah. That is essentially, I suppose, like someone who's like our age. But I'm, yeah. That's like, that is essentially like having the cause, I suppose. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Dash snow, like a Ryan McGinley, but yeah. not now. Like I'm, I'm at an age now. Like I want them to have paintings and stuff like sculpture, paintings, nice furniture. That would be really sexy. So what would you recommend for my flat currently? Because <laughs> I'll tell you something. I, he has paintings. He yes. has a sculpture right there. I know. I have a sculpture of myself. I, sculpture of himself. Is that you? That is me. Okay. Oh, your hair looks interesting. That <laughs> it's, is it's mine. The, bo- the body yeah. doesn't work, does it? You look like, you, you look, is this for like when you're like 20 years older? You look old in that sculpture. <laughs> that was Calvin Klein. Bastard. Yeah, we did that for Calvin Klein. Just kept did it. Did you? Anyway, so yeah, your art collection's like getting there. Listen, you know. we're looking back into the history, right? Yeah. So I've got a question before we go into your personal history. Yeah. Who is the best dressed artist in history? Oh, the best dressed artist in history. God, that is so hard. I honestly, I'm trying to think. Oh, oh, Dali, 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 because Salvador Dali, obviously. No, we, we, we got it. We got it. <laughs> I don't know if you're art freaks. What's the best piece of gifting you've mm. received, Ash? Best gifting. Oh. So we've gone from like the best fits in history. Mm. I think it's time to go for the worst fit in history, Dan. And in particular, your worst fit. Oh, Ash. my worst fit. Okay. So it's what is the worst outfit you've worn <laughs> or worst trend you've been part of? And remember, I've got photos of you from when you were like 21. Excuse so. me. I have... Being like, okay, since you've known me. And oh, no, but I've got the old school oh, photos. Yeah, you do. So, yeah, it was very indie sleeves when I first moved to London. But before that, the worst trend, the thing is things come back. So I, I'm like, I sound really old, but I'm like, you would say, oh, I used to wear like a waistcoat and now it's back. Bella Hadid's wearing them or something. Or you used to wear leg warmers, they're back. So is Ashley Kane of Dazed saying that she's never won a bad fit? Is that what yeah, you're trying to no, say? Yeah, no, definitely. So I used to go, there was like, you know what, like... So would you say this hoodie you're wearing now? <laughs> Excuse me, this is a Marc Jacobs hoodie. 
Shout out. Um, <laughs> Hashtag gifted heaven. Hey, I bought this for okay. price. But the worst thing I ever wore, you know, when vintage like started coming around, people used to go to like actual thrift shops, not cons- designer consignment. Yeah. We had a shop called Savers in Australia, which is, I think they have it in America as well. I should say everything. But I would go in there and buy like skirts and then try and make them dresses and like had no... <laughs> sewing skills and they were like grandma it's just really that and my mom i would just come home mom would be like you just look hot you look revolting she would say to me <laughs> i think it was that that was the worst so you're there you're thrifting items i was making it badly. yourself you know we, we had no well, money then yeah that's it that's that was the but not only period. do you have money now i don't you have got that clout. much money but yeah and i'm sure you get some gifting yeah so what has been the best piece of gifting you've ever got Clothing-wise. Clothing-wise, the best gifting. Oh, you know, I got those Virgil. I got a pair of the Virgil Nike trainers. Do you that know which ones nice. you got? You're not going to remember what style. I got, uh, yeah, I'm so, I didn't even know what shoes I was wearing before. I was wearing, I'm wearing TNs. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Everyone's always like, I can't believe you're wearing TNs. How very Bergen of you. Or Escher. Which one oh is. my God, my niece who's like 12 says, those are Escher shoes. And I'm like, I don't know what that is. Let's Google it. Now she wears the shoes. She follows me on Instagram now and she's like, thinks I'm... Sam Michael, if you're listening to this, Madison, I see you now. <laughs> Shout out my knees. The Virgil shoes were amazing. They were half size too small. That was devastating. I went to Keith Haring's studio in New York, which was amazing. I love like merchandise and they gave us like hoodies, all these clothes. So I like had a bunch of Keith Haring stuff from his act, like going into his studio. That was amazing. Keith Haring was actually very well dressed. He was a very well dressed man. Oh, there you go. I've got me Keith Haring. Yeah, uh, that, that was why well. I was thinking about it. I think like those, see, I like gifting when it comes with like an experience. Like I don't want it to just... Be... It's the memories. Well, no. Yeah. Here's the thing. So I'm friends with Ashley Kane. I don't get to no see way. Ashley Kane that often because she gets sent on a lot of press trips. Oh, yeah. I do go on. So trips. what is a press trip for those who don't know? And do you want to run through some of the press trips you've been on recently? I've had some really... Because I, I was, you know, wanted to do fashion, but then I got into art because that was what was available on the team. Press trips are like my thing or books, you know, that's what I get gifted. Press trips... Those are when a brand or someone is like, hey, can you come over and write about this thing? We'll pay for your accommodation, we'll pay for your flights. The best trip I've ever been on is Arco Santi, which is this town in Arizona. And it's like, it was imagined and partially built by Paolo Soleri, who's like an, passed away now, but he was a futurist, even though he probably reject that term, an architect. And it's like, they modeled a Star Wars planet after it. Like, no it's way. so beautiful and like they experiment with different ways of like dyeing the roof with like silt from the river and I've just done all, yeah so Arco Santi was the best one that's amazing because like but then I know you turned down a couple of them but in the past two months oh yeah where have I been you should have been so you were in Bali oh I went to Bali for recently. Potato Head shout out Potato Head young Peggy Goo just sorting you out yeah you were supposed <laughs> to go to Canada yeah I, I, I had to skip the Montreal have you just been to the Middle East recently oh um no Oh, where have you been? You've been somewhere recently, like in the last year or so. Um, I was, yeah, I was in Qatar. That is, what? That is the Middle, the Middle East. East. I was there to see a Richard Serra sculpture in the middle of the desert. Richard Serra is an amazing American artist and they have these five, oh, six, east to west, that's what it was called. I've been in Colombia. That was amazing. I went with Boiler Room to yeah. see, yeah, to see kind of the new reggaeton artists and people that were inspired by that. That was amazing. So, just say that last year at Boiler Room, for example, mm. you're going there to look at these reggaeton artists. Yeah, music. What do you do after that? Do you write? Do you have to write the thing, or is, are you there? Are you yeah. have you committed to write something? Yeah, you are committed. 
So this is like the great, this is always the thing I'm always, the New York Times, for example, their journalists don't take any freebies. And it is respectable. It's hugely respectable. What, for a reason, like out of- Because like it can be seen as- You don't want to get a bribe. As, yeah, being yeah. bribed. Fuck that. Bribe yeah. me. But the, yeah, so I, so a lot <laughs> I'm of the, golden. a lot of the times I go to these, so I, I go to Colombia. That was an amazing trip. Like Sky Rompiendo DJing. It was amazing. So whenever I go, I'm really trying to like dig deeper into the city. So it's kind of like, yeah, cool. I'm coming on this cool press trip to Morocco or Colombia or Bali. But I really, I'm trying to understand the city because as a editor at a magazine or an editor at large now, it's like you are someone that's working in an, in an office, writing a lot about stories all around the world or commissioning them. Really, really. What's the difference between an editor and an editor at large? Oh, so, okay, good. Everyone listen up. <laughs> One doesn't do much work. <laughs> no, so an editor at large. Delegation. <laughs> no, this is not there, mate. Excuse me, Jordan. You want to speak for me? <laughs> Ashley. <laughs> <laughs> so an editor, you're in day-to-day. You're commissioning stories. You're writing. You are in the office full-time. And then editor at large is more of a consulting kind of figure. So I'd been there. It's It normally denotes, like, if you've been there for a while, you have... A reputation with the magazine in a way. What's the hierarchy? Well, editor at large is out, outside the office, so I'm freelance, but I've got a title. Right, so editor's like in-house all the time, and yeah. editor at large is like certain projects you'll come in and oversee. Yeah, so with the Days 100 recently, they're like, who can we put forward for the Days 100? And I'll send a bunch of names. How does someone like Ib Kamara work? Because obviously Ib Kamara works at Days, mm. but he's also off-white. So how does yeah. that work? As I a- have no idea how Ib works, because he must do... Because he's not just at off-white and Days, he's at like... Vito, like you know everything he's doing so much this man probably doesn't sleep ib is the editor-in-chief of dazed so he would kind of oversee so when i'm sending names the other day for days 100 they're going ib's gonna look at them and sign them off or like probably go through and pick the final list he's kind of like overseeing signing things off from my understanding because i don't work day to day that is probably what he's doing and then honestly he's superman because he has always as long as i've known him probably for like seven years now he's always been on that level who are the most inspiring people on your day-to-day that you find? Who, who are the people you look to that inspire you? Tough, because I think I... It's just people around me. Like, that sounds like everyday people. What, right now? Probably you do inspire me, you know. Also, Danny. You, <laughs> <laughs> you threw me in there for the sake of it, didn't you? What the fuck do I do that could inspire you? You know. She, she likes how, the amount of free clothes you get. Yeah. Yeah, why not? I need you to get me on, like, your gifting vibe with the ripple i love the ripple (laughs) (laughs) this sounds like like i'm old because i work a lot with young photographers and directors and digital artists i'll like speak with them and then they'll send me ideas they'll send me the coolest things and then i'll be like okay wow i wasn't even thinking that way or just their kind of tenacity and their drive i'm like okay cool i need to if you want to hang out more we could drop that age from 40 to 35 maybe (laughs) but i was wondering how do you keep your motivation as well because obviously you've always been driven by what you like yeah but when you get into a field of work where everything you like turns into work yeah how do you like what do you look at what do you is there other certain websites that you look at for inspiration or what is it that you kind of keep driven by really driven I think I just need to separate myself from the work I find like I do I come up with way better ideas and I come up with better writing and better work when I'm able to like shut it off for a bit like I need to just I'm very strict on like boundaries. I'll be like, I literally, Tom, my old editor, Tom Gordon, I used to block him. (laughs) He would text me about work and I'd block him. And I'd unblock him like the next day or whatever. I'd remove him from Instagram. Like he'll joke about it now, but I'm very strict on my boundaries. Like 
I just need to be separate from it. And so then, you completely switch off. Yeah, and and go you know go to a museum. Like when I go to a museum, when I see art, I'm very char- like I feel very charged about it. You work in like highbrow world. Do you to switch off? Sometimes have to watch and like consume. Shot. You know I you know that you're asking this question and you know I'm gonna say yes. Like I love reality and I always bring out the study, which I've never read, that <laughs> says <laughs> smart people watch reality TV. What's your favourite? Oh, what is my favourite? I love the ha- real housewives of Beverly Hills. Have you heard that Jenna Lyons, who was the creative director of J. Crew, is gonna be on the next series of Real Housewives of New York? No. Do you know what I've never watched the New York one? I think you have to just t- pick one. <laughs> and I picked Beverly Hills because it's like how many seasons now? A lot, like a lot. Actually, Kane, do you know what my favorite reality TV what? show? You no. do know what it is. Uh, below it's Below Deck. It's yeah, below deck. because below deck. you look like you could be working on. It's the I, thought gonna, I, I like, thought you were gonna say I look like I could be like rich enough to go on one of these no. yachts. <laughs> I like I work on one of them. Okay, brilliant. So Jordan, like really like. He's so Essex, but he's not. <laughs> like, no, okay, no. You're, you're leaning. Ever since you went to Biritz and like moved there, you've really leaned into like that style of like hot boy and, shit. Yeah, he'll be like in like a white suit or something, like a grey suit, standing in front of a Porsche and <laughs> at a golf club. And I'm like, you look really Fun golf club. What reality TV show could you imagine me on? Oh, oh. Real Housewives of Cheshire. Yeah, I can definitely imagine you on like Made in Chelsea. Do you reckon? Yeah, I think you could go in there as like the, you know, left. the wild card. The wild cards. They always need, you know, they 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 need to mix it up a little bit. You always need a commoner. Yeah, basically. So got all these people who are doing multidisciplinary work. Yeah. But who are some artists to look out for? Because I've been so focused on photography, I'm looking at artists like Dalali Ayevi. I don't actually know if I'm saying her surname right, but Dalali Ayevi. She is a photographer. She actually builds her own sets and backdrops and stuff. So she'll be like painting, they'll be painting props. She's just an amazing. I honestly think she's gonna blow up as a huge photographer. Garrett Bradley, an incredible filmmaker who is currently showing at the Leeson Gallery. Everyone has to go and see. Daniel Abassi, who's just released a book with the Louis Vuitton Foundation, I think it is. I interviewed him on Dazed. He's like a multidisciplinary. He's like a stylist, a creative director, a photographer, a director. He does everything. It's literally crazy. Multifaceted again. Yeah, so I think it's, yeah. Exactly. They actually are all multifaceted. Well, you know, Ash, obviously, as no someone who there. travels the world to find the finest of artists, where is your favourite place to find artists? So when there's, like, a big fair on, say Freeze is on, say Freeze is on in LA, there's, like, four other satellite fairs that are going on. They're normally more emerging artists. Basel, there's different fairs going on, and I always go to those satellite fairs, and you tend to find, you know, amazing artists there, like people that are on the rise, people that would now have crossed over into Basel. So what has been the most you've spent on a piece? I haven't, you know, I haven't probably spent huge amounts. I reckon recently, like six months ago, I'm so annoyed, I bought some <coughs> Marine Sair boots. Oh, Which I love. No doubt this would be without discount. This was without discount. I reckon they were like 700 pounds. And... I've worn them like four times and the heel has broken. Already? Yeah. Shout out. The Renat piece. Yes. 700 pounds. So that's Are you happy the... with that? Or I are you a bit like... I am so upset about no. it. <laughs> Sorry. Are you happy you spent 700 pounds well, and they broke you, off the Is it worse? It's like, oh, I was expecting to get one wear out of these because it's so like sculptural or no. is it... 
a thing. It's like, oh, like yeah, I got four wears on boots them. with like some rubber soles. They should be lasting. What were you doing? Sprinting in them? I have no oh, idea. Diving near private. <laughs> honestly, I wore them like three or four times. So that was like 700 pounds. It was probably a lesson to so not. So Maureen said, we need a refund, please. Yeah, I did have some Gucci loafers bought for me once and a Gucci bag, which was nice. By who? By someone that I was <laughs> <laughs> romantically involved in. Oh, okay. And do you still wear them? Mm. Absolutely. You, ne- you never wear them with me. The we never Gu- twin. Okay, so my style is very comfortable. Like, I am a creature of comfort. In the nighttime... But you are still very steezy. Give me that. So, okay, so when I was young, I was... Well, I still am quite a tomboy. My parents thought I was going to be a and boy. And you are still quite young. Yeah, I am young. Don't let anyone tell you otherwise. Jordan, don't make that face. <laughs> <laughs> but I was always such a tomboy. Like, I was always playing sports. I was always in tracksuits, and I still am. But in the night, I'll pop on some, like, leather boots and... You like a, you like a little dress. I like it. So, you like know. a little uh, skirt worn as a dress. I like a black trouser and, like, a cute <laughs> top and, like, a leather jacket. Yeah. Like, I went to a strip club. I went to Cheetah's recently with my friend Jade and so I was in head to toe leather like I was wearing a leather long leather jacket squeaky leather, as fuck leather trousers and leather boots and Jade was wearing a very similar leather outfit and they thought we were Armenian mafia sick I was like this is the biggest compliment ever. so I, I went to Cheetahs with Ashley once and who did we see Cameron. perform there Cameron was playing there yeah. oh he stepped in, Ash he, was he, with you he stepped in at the last minute to replace yeah. Megan the Stallion did he yeah yeah I've still got the, the thing I and swear we were like Going for camera. No, we were going. We went from the Chateau Marmont to Cheetahs. Yes. And I had to send her money the next day. And it was like, for juice. What, making the stallion? <laughs> stallion. Like dollar bills. Stallion. On the, what's it called? It was like, for, for juice, strip club, and um, and Chateau Marmont. She's like, That's we've, a lie, not she, characters. She's like, we've changed. We've changed. <laughs> yeah, but also, Oops. do you not remember, we were at a party. It was for Swiss Beats' art thing. And we're like standing there. <laughs> And all of a sudden, Beyonce and Jay-Z walk in. No, because you texted me and said, come inside, Pharrell's here. Oh, and Pharrell and was I there. And I was like, obviously, I love Pharrell. And yeah. so I run inside and I'm talking to, to our friend Jenna. And I'm facing this way and I go, and this woman walks around the corner. I'm like, I'm like that woman's really fit. And I was like, oh, she's there with her boyfriend. Like, Fair enough. Oh, her boyfriend's Jay-Z. <laughs> oh, my God, it's Beyonce. <laughs> honestly, that's, that, was the, that was the process of what yeah. happened in my life. And I was like, and I, gra- I don't even care about Beyonce, honestly. I grabbed Jenna. Oh, my God. You're a liar. And I, was, I was like grabbing like this. And I was like, it's Beyonce. <laughs> Ashley Keane. Mm. So you've just walked past Beyonce. You need to be the first one to tell people Beyonce is at this club. Your phone sets on fire by how fast you are typing that she is here. My phone. Your phone sets on fire, but you happen to be in your bedroom for some reason. Yeah. Uh, your house sets on fire. You can save one item of clothing from your wardrobe. Yeah. What would it be and why? Yeah, I'm not so sentimental with clothes as I'm with like objects. Like if you ask me about books. There we stuff. go, John. Another pair of tabbies. But I would save this jacket. My mum had had a leather jacket in like the 90s. And I remember my memory is, I remember buying it like with her when she was buying it. And she gave it to me and I wear it often. Well, like a I leather jacket? I would probably save that, yeah. Is yeah, it like a leather, a leather jacket. jacket normally or is it a trench? Is it no, a... it's just like a, it's what it is. Like a now it's back jacket. in fashion. It's like one of the, yeah, it's one of those like two buttons at the front kind of. Okay, fine. What would you call it? What print are you going to save then? What print am I going to save? I'm going to probably save, I have two, I have some early Tyler Mitchell prints, like from his first book. Not prints, but they were like postcards he made when I met him and he gave them to me. I'd probably save those because that book is so rare, very rare. And those postcards, like whatever those are, those prints or those postcards, those weren't sold. It's quite interesting that you talk about postcards and prints and Mm -hmm. the physical form, because we're going to move into like what we 
where you want to be in your career and like where you see art going, where you see fashion going. But I have one question. It's almost like a what is art question. Ash, yeah. what's an NFT? <laughs> an NFT. You know, I got so dragged into the NFT. Oh, I know. That's why we need you to tell us. Non-fungible token. Do I you have that's one? Explained it to I me. do have a couple. Yeah, I actually couldn't tell you what they are. People what give, made you want to get your them, first one? Well, people give them to me. So, like, my friend Charlie, he's a director. He gave me one because we were just talking about it. I worked on a project with Ohio State, Nike's university. Right. And they were doing, like, NFTs to kind of fund the female athlete. But people give NFTs a bad rap, but I'm excited by the technology of them. So the- but it's the same as money. I like money. But yeah. a lot of finance pros do ruin money. Exactly. Exactly. So there are some really cool people doing things with NFTs in terms of what the technology... Jordan is actually Jordan, yawning. why are you yawning? <laughs> we heard that. There are some really interesting things going on with NFTs in terms of technology with it. Because if you... Like, I don't want to be the person that's always... Because people contact me so much about NFTs because I wrote a couple of articles on them. Like, I got offered so many jobs. Like, I got scammed. That's a story for another day. Okay. Anyway, fucking hell. Where do you see your career going next in the real world, Ash? My career, I, th- I honestly think my career is just going to continue going into more of an art buying side. Which Are you going to means- sneak into the fashion side or? I do, you know, I always want to... Is the passion to- still there or is it just It's, it's too you know what, it's not. I love fashion as like a pedestrian, but... <laughs> it's a great word for it. Yeah, I like to see what's going on and obviously it's really important, but... It's just not a world that I'm trying to get my claws into. Art, I mean, in terms, I have really just gravitated towards photographers, artists. Like, I want to connect them with opportunities to make money. Yeah. So I think that's more what I'd be doing. Like, working with brands, it's what I'm doing with Thursday Child. That is my favorite thing. Or writing about them. Yeah. With Thursday Child, I get to get them jobs which make them money. With Dazed, I get to write about them with potential visibility, hate this word, that gets them jobs. I've had a lot yeah. of people be like, you published this article on Dazed and then like... Do you feel like you have later. the power where your cosign can make someone... Not I mean, make or break, but... I don't think it's my cosign, but it's probably the platforms the days, that I'm, you know... Well, you said for. to me earlier, you're in a rented flat now. Yes. So you come out of, what did you describe your old I flat I came as? out of, God, like, a mouldy, like... Mouldy flat shares to your yeah. own flat. When you buy your own house, mm. who will be the first artist you'll invest in as a first edition? God, who that- do you think will make money and who do you want on your walls right now? I See, the thing is with art, I don't look at who's going to make money. I had this conversation with a friend today and I was Liar. like, I... You no, want to buy more I NFTs? Just, I just don't because I was saying... <laughs> bloody NFTs. I was just saying to you earlier in our little break that I had an opportunity to buy this artist, Eric N. Mack, who I've interviewed before and he probably sells for like five to ten times the price. I couldn't buy at that point. I couldn't You could have it. bought four. What? I could have bought four of them. No, you could have bought... How much could you have bought it oh, for? $2,000. Australian dollars or US dollars? US dollars. This was in Miami. Yeah. But I didn't. I couldn't... I was like, I don't have the conditions to keep this work. If you know Eric and Mac, he's like a painter that makes work out of fabrics and, and things like that. But... Now, so one of my favorite artists still to like for many years is Jonathan Lydon Chase. I love his paintings. He paints what kind of discipline. He, he he's a painter. He paints like really erotic scenes of gay men, and right. like they're huge. And I've seen them around the world before. Yeah, I would probably invest in him because he's still 
he is still making it, but he's, you know, he's he's like still lucky on the verge of breakout. Yeah, I just love how he depicts like passion and yeah, it's just and and it's like no holds barred. So I would buy. Yeah. I think I would buy him. I love painting so much. Would you go for something that could be worthwhile in the future, or would you just go for something that you like? and keep it forever. Something that I like. I think even when I get books, like I bought a Zanelli Maholi book at the Brooklyn Museum for like $70 and I knew this book was out of print and I knew this book was like sold out and I looked on Amazon or whatever like to how much this book was costing and people were paying like 700 pounds for it. Bloody hell. And I straight away just took the plastic off it and like wanted to spend time with this book because I don't, yeah, I don't think about things like that. I don't yeah. think about them in terms of price. Which like I value? don't work in auction side. I don't work in gallery side. It's really what, it's like before we were kind of talking so about. Well, like if you've got something that's worth a hundred quid yeah. and it's worth 700 quid, if you were going to sell it yourself, it'd probably be worth like 300. And it's like, yeah. by that point, it's not worth me selling it. I'd rather keep it for myself. Well, it's more that I just, I would buy it because it meant something to me. So yeah. it's going to continue to mean something to me. So art and fashion intersect a lot more. We see like really bad collaborations happening yeah. where Uniqlo whack um, yeah. calls on things and like like a Frida um, Kahlo sock. Yeah, like. But do you think there's a place where in the future we can see some progress, or how do you see this working? We were talking a couple of weeks ago about um, these QR codes mm. on clothing, which we weren't really yeah. into. I love a QR code on a piece of clothing. Kind of. Okay. Like a small one. It makes sense. Like if it was like here, not the whole front of your... Because then you can access New Worlds. Like you can go onto it. It's a nice way of looking at it. So you're, you're quite a tech for forward person then, yeah? Like I don't... Like I think... Okay, so say we were talking about NFTs before. Or say blockchain technology, for example. If you have some sort of QR code that can take you to where that t-shirt has come from. Yes. Or everyone that has owned that t-shirt or... Or whatever, or where did it, you know, if you're talking about diamonds, are they blood diamonds? Are they, these so things we, we are spoke about that. We spoke traceability. Yeah. That's what it's interesting for. Yeah. This is a brand uh, just being like, you can win concert tickets if you scan this. Yeah, okay. That's a little, I mean, I love a QR code. I think okay. QR codes obviously came of, you know, they <laughs> yeah, were really great because of COVID. Like people were like not giving them their flowers and now. Ash, what's the one job you've done for a bag that you, you can now admit that you just did it for a bag? Oh God. <laughs> The worst job I did for a bag was when I was like 18 or 17. I was like a little photography assistant for Santa. <laughs> Weird. What is the one piece of art that you've never seen IRL that you want to see? That I want to see, oh my God, I really want to see Lightning Field by Walter De Maria. We've asked a lot of questions about like who are the next big artists, who do you want to see when you walk into someone's house? But in actuality, fashion kids have started to move into home decor, whether that be, you know, like furniture or art. Where would you say if someone's like moving out for the first time or maybe buying a place, where should they start buying their art? I would say you need to just follow, find people, read, read Dazed or, you know, whatever magazine and they'll be posting about these artists that you should get involved in because they're emerging, right? So but where do you buy it? Face. Go on the Instagram go to their website and inquire about it. A lot of artists will be selling prints or paintings. Direct. And is, Direct. Is there any like watch out? So for example, should you be looking for something that's like a numbered run or should you be like, I want something that's not a print, I want a painting. Like, you know, do you know what I mean? Is there any like hints and tips to like... It depends like 
for me, I will buy because I love it. So I will buy if it's like a Xerox printing or paints, you know, you obviously see the price reflecting this, but get what you love. Like get something that you look at and you, it makes you happy to be at home or it makes you happy to sit there because I don't buy things for money. I don't buy things for reinvestment. Who would be the best contributor to follow on days with the best taste? Obviously me. <laughs> she can't pick, Apart from she can't yourself, pick the, all, all the staff that write for her, she can't pick that. I mean, they're all amazing. They all have, like, it depends what you want. Like Emma Davidson taking up fashion, obviously out there interviewing all the most incredible designers, up and coming people. I don't think they have a music editor right now, but... So guys, if you into music apply now. Yeah, yeah. I send a lot of stuff to the team. So like Emily Dinsdale might write about it or... So I think... If you're wanting to get into art, mm. and especially if you live in London, I think one of the easiest things to do is follow Ash for the yeah. stuff you should leave the house, the house for. for. Art shows you nice. should leave the house yeah. for. It's, it's a really nice way. Like A lot of our friends have been featured in it, and it's a really nice way for you to go. You can kind of sift through and go... But without nepotism. Yeah, I was no, no, just thinking. There is, no, no, I no don't, nepotism. Yeah, like, no nepotism. Like, but like, I mean, like... You sift through and you go, this one doesn't sound for me, this one doesn't, mm. this one sounds... And it, you, you, it's a little, like, thing. And I think, you know, art's quite a scary place. It is. I it's quite a daunting place for someone who's not into it. I always try... Because when I remember going into a museum for the first time and being like... I mean, I... Before I came to London, I literally went to one. It was probably one in Melbourne, the National Gallery of Victoria. And... Coming to London, I went to the Tate. That was the first one I went to. And I remember being like, I don't know how to behave. Like, I don't know how to be in this space. And sometimes still, as someone who's been in the industry for however many years, I still don't know. Yeah. So, yeah, that list that I write on days, art shows to leave the house for, that is a mix of, like, museum shows, but also be gallery shows or be local things that are happening, maybe things that are happening, like, one or two days or a week. Those are things that I genuinely want to go to. Like, those are things you'll see me at. Do you go to them before you write about it? No, because a lot of the time with journalism, you're writing about it for the preview to get people there. Yeah. So you might go down. Yeah, you might go to a studio. You might have seen their works at other places. Or you might just speak to them on the phone or they might send you the show, the images. Yeah. Or like the show works. Notes. Yeah, exactly. So, and then you'll, interv you'll interview them and speak about them or something like that. So a lot of the times, no, journalists aren't. Unless you're reviewing. I don't review. I don't yeah. really, I'm not really, I'm not a critic. You preview, not review. I, that's a good way of oh. putting it. Well done, Danny. That Thanks was really impressive. Much. Anyway, last question, Ash. <laughs> last question the of low. the main podcast before we go to the bonus content. Ashkin, everyone represents himself digitally now. Yeah. What will you be wearing in Web 3.0? So this is like... Uh, okay, the motorbike. What you, yeah, what are you going to be wearing? Like an avatar. Oh my God, I have been... What's your dream fit? I have been avataring since like the 90s, guys. I'll probably be honestly wearing like a tracksuit. I don't know. Maybe some Prada. You could have anything. I'll probably wear Prada. I think Linear Rossa, yeah? So yeah, we're gonna, definitely. We're going to have some sporty, yeah. Yeah, sporty I'm very, vibes like, on you. I like like a utility type fit you know so I need boot, boot, boot yeah yeah i bought some really nice i need like tight fitting leather boots i just bought some recently from a brand i can't pronounce shout out <laughs> <laughs> great People, they, no, they appreciate like, that one I went, to, <laughs> I went to a party the other day and everyone was like what are those boots and i just had to like lift my foot up and show the sole do you know what? i love a, you know i love i love a local brand like i love a small brand like a nike tn 
No. Fresh from uh, Portland. <laughs> like, a, like a Mark Jones. Like Kevin. an Otterlinger or something. You know, I love that. I was like, oh, top Ash- I have so much Ashley Williams from years ago Sick. or Marcus Almeida from early nice. days. Like, I was very, like, British. So, your final outfit <laughs> for the metaverse, Ashley Kane, uh, would yeah. be. I would say it would probably be. The top is going to be like a corset. The bottoms? They're going to be these Izzy Miyake trousers. The shoes? Probably TNs. Any accessories? <laughs> would it be a hat or anything? I'm going to have like big gold jewelry, like statement jewelry, Sweet. like costume jewelry. Anything else? I'm going to have a leather coat, like long leather coat. Nice. After all that time, asked and bloody answered. <laughs> asked and bloody answered. Shall we head to the bonus content? Yes. I thought you were going to say, shall we head to the metaverse? Like, Good Lord. That is yeah. where the bonus content lives, mate. <laughs> there so, we yeah. go. Right. Thank you very much for listening to this podcast. It's been an absolute fucking shit show towards you. <laughs> no, actually, thank you. Like, you're our first person uh, who's, who's worked in art who's, who's smart. Sorry and for all our guests, but... Uh, sorry to everyone who had to listen to my recommendations, like... Four glasses of wine in. Well, luckily, the whole next section is purely recommendations. So that's going to be great. Two more bottles of wine and three pieces on the way. (laughs) Carry on to the bonus content. See you later, guys. Thank you very much.